0: How are you doing? Hello, can you hear me? It's yeah, fine. How are you doing, pal? Are you good? Good, thank you very much. I'm good. I'm good. What's uh, what's happening with you? I'm all right. I'm good. all right. I'm very good, actually.
1: I went to a cafe yesterday in Chorlton in Manchester. I went there for work, technically, but I went in for a coffee mm-hmm. to meet one of the guys I was working with. And yeah. half, half of their uh, menu is vegan. Oh, <gasps> nice.
0: the cafe. Went, what's it called?
1: I went, is, this, is it, are you fully vegan? And she went, no, the other side's not. And I went, that's still a pretty substantial yeah, vegan yeah. menu. And she went, yeah, yeah. It's called Benito's, Benito's Coffee Lounge in Chalton. I mean, I only right. had a coffee. I haven't sampled the food, but it's sure. still a good menu, nonetheless.
0: Yeah. Very impressive. Earlier today, I was feeling uh, a bit doom and gloom, as I've been feeling for the last probably month or so. And then um, just, you know, the world. And uh, I, uh, after work, I went for a run with Paul and uh, I feel a lot better. I think it's the endorphin slash adrenaline. Yes. Uh definitely helps. Well, it is so, one of your
1: five ways to well-being. Yeah, so then i will have to do it a bit more often. Getting outside, getting yourself active, and connecting with people. That's three of your yes. five.
0: Yes, and I've been working from home all week because of the uh, industrial action on the train, so that hasn't helped either. No. no. So, yeah, good to see people IRL, as they say. IRL. In real life, that means yes. I, I knew that. Yeah, obviously, there might be some listeners that, that some old know. listeners who don't know what IRL I means. Not yeah. old like us, obviously. Just, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to actually. I'm going to give a shout out to Abby in Bristol, who is our winner, the Ooh. winner of our uh, Saving Nemo Tata Sauce competition. Brilliant. And, uh, Jara, that's on, on its way to Abby. Uh, so yes, uh, well done, Abby. And thanks for taking part. And thanks for everyone who took part. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's a
1: good job. It's a good job that Abby did wing because I put
0: about 100 entries in. Um, and <laughs> that win. would have been, yeah, that would have been a bit weird. I didn't really. Especially, no, I mean, you don't even listen to the show, let alone um, interact <laughs> with the uh, Instagram posts. <laughs> well, Marcus, mate. Oh, what a laugh what a laugh anyway shall I tell you about today's guest yeah go on why not our guest is Bridie from the World Vegan Travel Podcast Ooh. Um, and the World Vegan Travel Company uh, and uh, she's going to tell us about her company and what they do they Basically organize uh trips for vegans. And um wow. she's got a podcast, very interesting. Um talk, she talks to uh people around the world who uh, who do travel blogs, etc. etc. So wow. yeah. a, bit, a bit like a, a travel agent. I but for think so that's my understanding of it. So yes, we will um we will have to wait and see. Fair enough. And find out more. Yes. 100 percent Okay, so it's very exciting.
1: Weather's very autumnal, which is nice. Raining, yes. raining a bit more, and then a bit more rain. And in all fairness, that's what it should do in the autumn, so I'm quite happy yes. with that. Yeah, you can't really argue with that, can you? Yeah, I yeah. don't know what the rest of the world's doing. I'm not there. Um, but I, right. I hope they're all okay and they're
0: not too hot. Mm, but we did just have the hottest September in the world ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is not great. Well done,
2: world.
1: You're doing, you're doing a great job.
0: Yeah. It's just the humans that are fucking it up. So I... there we go. Sooner we're off this planet, the better. Hashtag, the sooner we're off this planet, the better. Is that a hashtag? <laughs> we starting that now, are we? The sooner we're yeah, on not? The, better. See, like,
1: the thing is, I can't do hashtags because the one is <laughs> really long. <laughs> it's like you have to decipher the entire sentence. There's mm. about 20 words in one sentence but
0: you know i know what irl means so happy days yeah well done good good work okay so uh, if you want to get in touch then give us a shout and uh, come and find us on uh, predominantly instagram or facebook um or anywhere else and uh, yeah send us a message tell us how much tell us how much you love us and um that will make us very happy yeah and well, you, can, uh, or you can email oh, yeah, us Pat. You can email us
1: at uh, podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And ask us any questions. You can ask to come on and be a guest. You I, nearly, I nearly went into song then. Oh. Beauty and the Beast and then decided against it. So that's not happening. Oh, yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: Well done
0: for restraining. Restraining. <laughs>
3: You actually you pronounced my name correctly oh my gosh that's really I, unusual
0: <laughs> i i saw it written down and i thought mm. so uh, i listened to a couple of episodes of your podcast ah. just to make sure i would got it right oh, wow. <laughs> just to make oh, my sure
3: gosh, that is uh due diligence <laughs>
0: quite
3: i assume
1: <laughs> he's asked i wasn't going to ta- i wasn't going to pick you up on it but i thought well
0: you've got it right so happy days well done. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the research and commiserations on the loss of squeaky as well um oh. that was very sad to sad to hear i could hear the yeah. emotion in your voice as you were talking about it in in that um episode like this week yes very sad very sad yes
3: thank you thank you it's been a tough time <laughs>
0: yeah yeah squeaky yeah. squeaky was the the pet cat where's not um mm-hmm. a child or anything yeah that would be a weird weird name for a child
3: <laughs> um, kind of word <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: Okay, all right. all right. Thanks for joining us. Um, this is something that we've we've spent a while trying to trying to get uh, arranged. Oh, so that's okay. These now. things
3: take time. <laughs>
0: they do. They do. So why don't we start off with uh, why don't you tell us about world vegan travel and uh, what the what the background is to to your business.
3: Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story, in, in my opinion, um, because, you know, Seb and I had been vegan for many years when we originally started to, you know, think about, well, vegan travel. And I'd actually been inspired to go vegan by um, vegan author and educator, Colleen Patrick Goudreau. Do you happen to know who she is? She's She uses Joyful Vegan as... Oh, Well, anyway, she's been doing vegan educating for a really long time. And I stumbled upon her podcast in 2009. So, you know, right at the beginning of when, you Mm. know, podcasting was getting um, popular, I was just vegetarian at that time. But very, very quickly, I saw that there were some really great reasons to go vegan and um, learned the truth about the dairy and egg industries, you know, like so many people just didn't put two and two together. And um, and uh, I really enjoyed Colleen's work. Like it just really resonated with me on on quite a, a deep level. And I listened to her podcast like nonstop because not only she did she do like the why vegan, but she also did the how vegan as well. And there weren't as many resources back then as there are now, so it was it was really special. Anyway, we became friends um, over time, and me and my partner said and Colleen and her partner, David, we actually started traveling together a lot. Um, because, you know, neither couple has kids. So, you know, we wanted to travel and we did some really cool travels together. So before I was vegan, like a long time before I was vegan, I did have a background in the travel industry. I was a tour leader for Intrepid Travel, which is a small group Um adventure company and I did that for five years and I actually met Seb who was also a tour leader Um, and he also has a background in TV production services which is like logistics and and things like that. Anyway so over a glass of wine with Colleen and David Seb said you know why don't we put a trip together for your for your followers um, to Thailand uh, and see if they want to come and let's just see how it works and Seb and I were living in Thailand at that time And she very kindly said yes and uh, said, put together a trip. She marketed it to her audience and it sold out. So that really was the start of it. And we still do lots of trips every year with Colleen, like three or four trips a year with Colleen, but we also do our own trips. And we also collaborate with uh, lots of other people in the um, vegan space as well. We've got some exciting collaborations coming up.
0: That's amazing. Um, without asking you to read out a list but what sort of locations or um, destinations would you uh, have you got on your books
3: yeah yeah so they all sound very random and not hugely connected Um, (laughs) so we have trips in France, Italy Rwanda Botswana South Africa um, Thailand, Vietnam I think that's it yeah, and we've wow. got obviously oh Japan, Japan. We're running our first Japan trips in March next year.
0: Wow, wait. that's incredible. Okay. So with the Japan trip then, as a as an example, what what how do you prepare for a for a tour like that?
3: Yeah, great <laughs> question. <laughs> so sometimes with our trips, we'll work with um, a locally based travel company and you know they obviously they create that we help them curate a trip based on our needs but in the case of Japan we really have done it all ourselves from scratch so obviously it requires a ton of research asking a ton of questions you know not just going into happy cow like digging deep into everything and luckily Seb has a real uh talent for that And he's also very good at putting together itineraries. So, you know, it it takes a long time. And, you know, often to a less extent, you know, a regular traveler that was traveling independently would have to do that kind of research as well. Maybe not to such a a crazy degree. And um, and of course, we also do go there and we vet everything um, and we uh, make sure that you know everyone understands what vegan is and mm. you know we, we don't usually just go by the happy cow reviews um we mm. will either go ourselves or we'll send someone that we trust to do like a full report uh so that's that's generally how it, we do it and you know and our travelers I think expect that because our travel tra- our trips are on the higher um cost sides so for that reason you know they should have higher expectations because the trip is expensive in which case we have to really do our due diligence in order to meet those expectations or smash them hopefully
2: Uh, yes
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're based in Canada so is this something that is for Canadians or it's for anyone to to join and and then just meet you at the destination
3: yeah, sure. So anyone can join the the trip is conducted in English. Um, So you know, you obviously have to speak okay English to understand everything. But um, 94% of our travelers are from the United States, I think mainly because, um, well, a number of reasons, but one of them is like Colleen's audience is mainly the United States. Uh, and, okay. you know, as I'm sure, you know, um, um, Americans don't get a lot of time off. Um, no. And, you know, they work really hard. So, you know, they're willing to sort of splurge a little bit for something special because this might be their only big vacation of the year or every two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do have some travelers from other places as well.
0: Sure. Yeah, they are quite hard done by, aren't they? But um... <laughs> Yeah what you get for living in a third world country I suppose <laughs>
3: yeah. so they're not they're
0: not lucky like we are in the UK and Canada Mm-mm. Um, so how did the uh, Rwanda and did you say Botswana how did they yeah. come about because when you the other sort of countries that you listed I can imagine yes you would find quite a lot of vegan
2: mm-hmm.
0: um venues you know restaurants and, and that sort of thing mm. but um, the other two perhaps not that note well certainly not not here in the UK, um, not known for their vegan veganism.
3: Exactly, we, we never thought that we would do a trip to Rwanda. So uh, Colleen, um, David, Seb and I had done our own trip to Rwanda, something like in about, I don't know, 2016 or something like that. And if you don't know, Rwanda is very famous for the mountain gorillas. Um, and being able to see the mountain gorillas in the wild, it's it's very well managed. And also chimpanzees. Um, it's one of the only locations where you can see chimpanzees. That's quite hard to like physically hard to do, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to Rwanda and we were all blown away by well not only being able to see these incredible animals in their natural habitat but just how interesting rwanda was as a country how beautiful it was like it's it's
2: mm-hmm.
3: absolutely gorgeous it's a landlocked country it's very hilly um it's the, it's the land of a thousand hills and it just You know, blew our minds. You know, we didn't know that much about it. So, you know, that, that, I guess, um, is too surprising. But interestingly, when we ran our first Thailand trip, and, you know, we were all sort of so excited because, wow, people actually wanted to come on these trips with us and they really liked it. And of course, over that time, there was a lot of conversation. And Colleen had posted a lot about Rwanda on her social media and about, 10 of those people said, well, if you go to Rwanda, I will come, we will come with you. And we thought, really, really? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so we went with that data point and we um, put together a trip because it's not cheap to go to Rwanda, just the guerrilla permits are $1,500. And um, yeah. (laughs) And uh, we put the trip out there staying at some very, very nice hotels and the first trip sold out in less than 48 hours. which just blew our minds so we're just um we're just at the moment um getting bums on seats for our fourth departure uh in November 2024.
0: Wow that's incredible and um uh, Gorilla's um predominantly vegan as well so um that's a good thing for a vegan travel company to (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> absolutely absolutely they're incredibly strong they're huge uh yeah. they're no protein know,
0: deficiency inc- there is it? there
3: no protein deficiency there and I I think they might eat a tiny bit of small amount of insects but it's inadvertently I think I don't think they necessarily seek them out um maybe they do but yeah but we also (laughs) go and see like the Diane Fossey Ellen DeGeneres campus we have talks by the gorilla doctors they actually have gorilla doctors that will go out into the wild and humans humans yes (laughs) not
0: doctors who are gorillas yeah okay
3: I just wanted to say
0: that (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) that would be yes (laughs) Uh, so yeah, they have guerrilla doctors, and we have lectures by them. So we really hope to dig deep. And of course, you know the 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 interesting lo- a recent history of Rwanda with the genocide, and mm. um, there's there's a lot of things that I think we can learn from Rwanda in its history and and how they do things today. In in many ways, it's it's, it's fascinating place.
0: Amazing, okay, yeah, that's true. So and when you Um, So the the, the sort of hotels that you stay in, are they uh, specifically vegan hotels or just hotels that agree to put on a vegan, uh, because some of the places that I've visited, uh, it can be very hit and miss. I mean, I've never been to Africa, for example, you know, can't compare Rwanda or anywhere like that, but certainly around Europe, it's very hit and miss.
3: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, we often run trips in places that are just not very vegan friendly because, you know, it's really hard to go there and, you know, as I've traveled a lot and I've never actually gone hungry, but I've certainly, you know, missed out on some fun culinary experiences that I might like to have had, uh, especially if I paid mm-hmm. the same amount of money as a non-vegan and, you know, I mm-hmm. want to try the local cuisine and, and experience that made vegan as well, so yeah, we, we don't stay in solely vegan hotels. We do stay in some in Italy, but certainly not in Rwanda. And uh and yeah, there is quite the process in um making sure that the food is good quality and varied and tasty and delicious and it often means that you know chefs will have to learn a few new ways of doing things get exposed to some new products that they might not necessarily have used before and um, you know as I mentioned our travelers should have high expectations so you know I I don't just sort of settle for like a tomato based spaghetti It's it's got to be good. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So
1: that's great,
0: though, yeah, because let's, that's to cucumber. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right, that's
0: great because that's pushing the vegan message to the chefs as well, isn't it?
3: It really yeah. is. It's it's really fun um, to do that. I mean, it's it's a lot of work and it's a little bit risky when you do it for the first time. You like on a new trip, for example. You hope that that it will all work out. You know, you see their menus ahead of time, but um, generally speaking, they do an amazing job.
0: That's really good. Interesting. That's
3: exciting.
0: So um give us the website. I'll put it in the show notes, but um, what's the website that people can go to to book their next trip?
3: Sure, it's worldvegantravel.com. Worldvegan travel.com.
0: That's simple. Okie dokie. Awesome. Thank you. And then so the podcast, uh, World Vegan Travel Podcast obviously came on the back of the company. Uh tell us a tell us a bit about the the pod.
3: Yeah, of course. So um, I started uploading episodes in 2019. And uh, about a year and a half ago now, I was like, right, I'm going to fully commit to this. I'm going to do weekly episodes. And I have astonishingly managed to do that. Um, And yes, every week. week, Oh, my gosh. So I I get some help, a little bit of help. So that (laughs) is very important. Otherwise, I probably would of burnt out by now but I really wanted to to have a podcast because I love the podcast medium like I mentioned I've been listening to podcasts since 2009 it's a great way to get information and Mm -hmm. you know um, from a marketing perspective it's kind of a fun thing to have you know it means I'm uploading content onto my site so anyone that knows SEO knows um knows a little bit about how that's a good thing and I just really enjoy talking to people and find talking about vegan travel so I chat with like vegan travel um providers or companies that are doing something even non-vegan companies that are doing something special for vegans or even just um vegans who have something to say about maybe the destination that they're living in. Uh so for example, where where are you guys uh, speaking to me from?
0: I'm in Manchester, North England. And Manchester? Yeah, I'm in the Midlands.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. So
3: for example, you know, I would love to have an episode from um where's on like 10 reasons to visit Manchester or or something like that. And as somebody who lives there, then that would be a really, really fun episode and sharing their favourite restaurants, tips, sites, secrets and things like that. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I like that. Cool, that would be a good one actually, wouldn't it, Manchester? Yeah, I need to do some research. I was going to say, yeah, we (laughs) would have to go, we'll have to arrange a visit and um, uh, just go around eating all day. (laughs) Sounds like a plan.
3: <laughs> Tough job.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I um I listened to the um episode this week with um was it Tara from who who lives in Lisbon?
2: Yes. So that was really
0: interesting. I've never been to Lisbon, but it sounded great. And not right. just from a, a vegan point of view, but just things to do. It was yeah, I found that really interesting.
3: Yeah, I kind of like to think of the podcast as being like a like a a a blog post but or a travel guide in, in audio mm. form. Mm.
0: All right. So we've heard about the travel company and the podcast. Um, How about you? What's your vegan story?
3: Yeah, sure. Well, I kind of alluded to it already when I mentioned that Colleen Patrick's podcast, Patrick Godreau's podcast, which was called at that time Vegetarian Food for Thought, even though it was vegan, and now it's called food for thought and um as i mentioned it was very informative and kind of mind-blowing and uh very quickly i knew that i wanted to integrate this into my life i didn't know a single vegan i was living in vietnam at the time and uh and you know one of the things that i thought would be the most difficult like uh about going vegan and i think you both might laugh when I say this is putting non-dairy milk in my tea. That was the thing that I thought would be Im- impossible. And yeah. oh, wow. um, as- astonishingly, well, at the time, but now not surprisingly, it only took about two days to get used to it. And, <laughs> and of course, you know, I haven't looked back. Um I took to vegan cooking with gusto I think it's fair to say like I was super super enthusiastic about cooking things you know I'd get home from a hard day at work and then just want to cook like a three-course dinner and and things like that and just bought so many cookbooks every night was a different different meal and my partner Seb who wasn't even vegetarian he was still a meat eater at that point I should say he's very very fussy with food um I started cooking, and he started liking it. And um, I was surprised about that. Anyway, uh, about six months later, he suddenly announced to me, do you realize that I've been vegan for three weeks? And I, I was very surprised. And um, that was the start of him going vegan. So you know, I was very grateful that he was open to this information as well. And I know not all couples have both... Um, are both vegan. And I'm very grateful that he decided to make that change because he was always very sensitive to animals when he was a child. And, and, um, and, yeah, it was it was really nice. So yeah, I took to cooking with Gusto, And you know, I started talking a lot about veganism with people sometimes it was well received sometimes it wasn't so well received <laughs> um I started like doing 30-day vegan challenges I was working in international schools at that time I started doing those challenges um um at my workplace for people that are interested in joining that was fun and I also did some activism when I was in Thailand as well of sort of street activism and and things like that and you know since I've moved to Canada in 2020 at the start of the pandemic I haven't done so much of that kind of stuff for a number of reasons but um but you know I I'm at the moment I'm quite sort of happy with the with the chef education in hotels and restaurants and things like that I think that's kind of fun <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that's awesome so you mentioned that you were vegetarian already what's the story behind that bit
3: Uh, yeah so uh I became started foraying into vegetarianism when I was like seven years old which is kind of young I guess and um uh I was born and raised in the UK in Sussex and I'm and you you would of course know that in uh in the UK whenever you go for walks on public footpaths you're going through private land most of the time and um Mm -hmm. We went to feed the ducks at a local at a local pond on a public footpath in private property and you know had a lot of fun doing that. And then as, as we walked back home, gunshots ran out. And mm. um I realized that there were some people that were just hunting the ducks that I'd probably just been feeding, which was oh, absolutely wow. crushing to a little seven-year-old. And um and I I guess I kind of started making some connections there and and I decided that I wanted to become vegetarian and astonishingly my parents were really supportive um, of that I think you know I came out of vegetarianism like at a year but I went full-on vegetarian uh, when I was 13 and, and I never really looked back after that but yeah it was it was very very sad to see those poor little ducks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet, well, I didn't yeah, see it, funny. but um, hear it, I should say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's um, that's that is a rude awakening into the yeah. um, the ways of the world, isn't it? Good grief.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> so what do you what? So since you went vegan, then what do you think's been the hardest thing that you've had mm. to face?
3: Yeah. Hmm. I would say that generally speaking. I didn't have too much of a challenge transitioning partly because, you know, I am I really liked cooking. It, it really wasn't that difficult for me. You know, I didn't really mind the extra effort that you have to go to. You know, sometimes it's a little bit irritating, um, but, you know, apart from like any sort of feelings of dread or, or mm. um, um, anger or anything like that, I, I was lucky I, I didn't go through that kind of thing there were a few sort of awkward social situations which I've definitely got better at over time I would say Um, it was really hard I remember when I went vegan and talking to my parents about it and uh, I I guess it was difficult for me particularly with my dad because my dad has always been very social justice oriented um, Mm. and really sort of you know he was always very sort of left wing in his leanings and beliefs and and all of this kind of stuff and whilst he was prepared to acknowledge that what i was saying was true he wasn't prepared to make any changes and i think that was really difficult at that time for me um and you know the truth is over time he has become vegetarian and and he did did dabble in veganism he gave it a bit of a try and you know i've since become at peace with you know the fact that not everybody is going to change on my timetable and instead you know invest my efforts in people who and organizations and places that are willing to make some changes and uh and you know try to keep those sort of family family relationships okay but they're always very yep. respectful and, and understanding and supportive of of my vegan choices so yeah it's pretty good mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That is always a challenge, isn't it? With, mm. Especially with family, because it's not a relationship that you can, you know, with friends. If you were arguing a lot, you might just say, oh, let's just take some time and we're not right. be in touch." But family, you can't really do that with your family, can you? It's no, very, very no.
2: difficult.
0: <laughs> very difficult. So we've talked about family. What about friends? What did your What did your friends think about it when uh, when you went vegan? Yeah, um,
3: they were really quite okay with it. I think. Hmm. I think generally speaking because I moved so much uh like basically six months after I went vegan I moved to Thailand and then I moved to in Indonesia a couple of years after that and then I moved back to Thailand and wow. um I I've, I've traveled a lot in my adult life and lived in lots of places <laughs> I know that must sound a little funny but um basically that's that's what I've done and um I, when I moved to new schools, I definitely was known as the like the vegan one um, <laughs> for, for sure. And I mentioned that I did these 30 day vegan challenges, which did result on some very long term vegans being established through that. So, you know, of course, I gravitated <laughs> to them as friends. And uh, until I moved to Canada, things have been a little bit different here, I would say. Um, but. um living in Asia and moving to different schools and the fact that you know my colleagues were generally very open-minded about things and I would seek out the vegetarian the vegan community as well for example I was the um I managed the Bangkok vegan meetups for about six years and you know made lots of friends that way so you know um, I've got friends from before I was vegan, of course, and I have non-vegan friends, but um, you know, most of my circle now are, are vegan people for sure.
0: Amazing. So you mentioned it's it's a bit different in Canada. Is that in a good way or a bad way? Uh,
3: well, the definitely the vegan scene is huge in Canada for sure, wow. and there's amazing activism going on and Tons and tons of restaurants. I live in Squamish, which is just about an hour north of Vancouver. And Vancouver is very well known for its incredible vegan scene um, mm-hmm. and activism scene, actually. Uh, I think when I moved to Canada, uh, it was right at the start of the pandemic and, um, you know, I don't think anyone really wanted to make a lot of new friends at that time, and I put myself out there a little mm. bit, and you know, I had a little bit of success, I would say, and um, and I, uh, but you know, if I'm entirely transparent, it was a difficult time during the pandemic because you know, I, I just quit my mm. job to work on wealth you can travel full time, so you could imagine that that was a bit oh, stressful. Oh no! <laughs>
2: oh my
3: gosh. And you know, as the anxieties about money and future and right. I was trying to get permanent residency in Canada and all of these things it it it, it was a difficult time um to right. sort of you know go out there and, and and make friends but you know I'm happy to say now that I have uh a, a couple of good friends in Canada and um and I see them when I go to Vancouver but otherwise I'm a bit of a bit of a stay at home and work work on the business person these days
0: yeah
1: that's fine. So, did you think that anything like changed you, like physically or mentally? So,
3: yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, when I initially went vegan, I definitely uh lost some weight. Um, I think this can happen quite a lot when you're eating lower calorie foods, and definitely I was doing a lot of that. Um, but i will say as you know i became as more processed foods became available and <laughs> and uh lots of decadent things definitely you know um i put on a bit of weight that's okay but uh so in terms of um numbers and things like that I mean I never really took my um took did a lot of blood work before I was vegan um but interestingly and you know this is maybe interesting for your audience uh I always was on the higher end of normal for like uh cholesterol levels and unfortunately I was just diagnosed as having high cholesterol which I'm really upset about oh yeah (laughs) because I'm being vegan and I'm trying to be healthy but i i it's it's uh, genetic, so you know right, right now, I don't think I need to make a huge amount of changes in my lifestyle um but i I um you know it's it's something that I need to be aware about, but you know I think it's important for people to know that just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're always going to have amazing mm, yeah. numbers on your blood work so you know I was so bummed out about it <laughs> and <laughs> We're all superheroes,
1: aren't we? We all need to be superheroes. I know, I
3: know. It was a real wake-up call when when the doctor told me that. Oh my gosh. And mentally, yeah, I would say, generally speaking, it's been very liberating and freeing in many ways, particularly early in my vegan journey. Um, First of all, I felt I had a bit of a life's purpose, which, you know, maybe I didn't Mm. feel that passionate about things before in my life. This was certainly... The thing was like, oh my gosh, I could just work and read and talk and do this all the time. Um, and no, which is one reason why it's nice to have a business it's sort of connected with that. Yeah. And uh and you know, there was a you know, a feeling of lightness and 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 things like that. And you know, it's been 15 years now, uh, so obviously. I've had different experiences, different things going on in that time, but um, um, but generally speaking, it was the best decision that I ever made.
0: Fantastic! So here's a key bingo question for you: mm-hmm. uh, Where do you get your protein and other <laughs> nutrients?
3: Well, I eat a varied diet um, with lots of legumes and and nuts and seeds and vegetables and fruits and and all of these things Um, a strategy that I've been trying to really follow recently um, because Seb and I do travel so much and as I mentioned the food that we eat can be quite decadent so Mm -hmm. you know when I'm traveling with our groups I you know obviously eat what our restaurants have provided for us but then, when I'm not uh, not on trips and I'm at home, I will try to eat as nutrient dense uh, as I possibly can, and yeah. you know, as lower calories because you know, otherwise the weight would creep up a little bit, and that's something that I'm trying to manage. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's basically how I eat, and I haven't had any issues i think when i got that blood work done he did say my d2 d, d vitamin d levels were a little bit lower that could be dietary related but it also could be with the fact that i live in a very um cloudy place <laughs> so <laughs> okay uh, yeah. it's not it's enough sunshine very much like an english kind of climate oh so, dear. yeah <laughs> you have my sympathy northwest yeah <laughs> um so you know I so I I do supplement for a, a few things as well. That's something that I'm oh, yeah. taking more seriously now. I'm I'm getting a little older. <laughs>
2: yeah. So what's
1: the best thing about being vegan?
3: Um. Mm, gosh, there's so many things, but the food is amazing. I love the food. I yeah. I eat so many different plants now that I'm vegan than before. I was vegan honestly like when i look at how varied my diet was um, compared with you know in the 15 years since i've been vegan i just eat so many foods and i get such a kick out of you know cool new vegan products or um or new ingredients or restaurants that us you know have got a particularly exciting option my partner, Seb, is exactly the same. And, you know, he will travel for vegan food when we're on our own personal travels. We will go out of our way to to have a fun vegan experience. So, a food experience. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of like an adventure, like a scavenger hunt. It's fun.
1: <laughs> I love that. I was going to say, sounds like a right adventure.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> God, that sounds awesome. Uh, now, um, Bridie, because we... Um, uh, we don't pay for the full version of zoom yes, of course. Um, we're gonna have to have a little break in about five minutes if that's yes all right. i understand no uh, problem just for just for a few minutes and then we'll we'll come back in if that's all right
3: yeah do, would uh, i join by the same link
0: yes 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 okay. We'd, we'll do the same link um okay. so yeah should we should we break here would that be all sure. right and then we'll come back yeah is that okay right absolutely all right absolutely. Watch, uh,
2: There's nothing better than a hunk of prime Labrador steak, wonderfully marbled. And that is almost entirely dependent on how it's produced. Elwood's organic dog meat has complete control of this entire journey. So I'm here at Elwood's farm to find out a little more about it. Welcome to Elwood Farms. Thank you very much, Elwood.
3: I hear you do a bit of barbecuing.
2: I do a little bit of barbecuing every now and then,
3: yes. From
2: a chef's point of view. Consistency is key for everything.
3: It doesn't matter if it's a Rottweiler ribeye, a Pyrenees mince, or a lab sirloin. You can always tell
2: when the dog comes from a place where it was well reared, and every step has to be right. doesn't <laughs> it? Oh, you should see these guys. So, from an Elwood's point of view, there's complete traceability.
3: Absolutely. Unrivaled traceability, so it's fine.
2: Every single piece of dog meat?
3: Yeah, from pub to farmer's market. Everything the
2: dog's been fed?
3: Everything about it. For each dog? Yeah. Only Marks and Spencer's and Whole Foods do this. Where else can people order from? From elwooddogmeat.com. That's E. L-W-O-O-D, dogmeat.com
2: for top quality meat from dogs for people. Meat that's local, sustainable, and humanely harvested. There's only Elwood's organic dog meat. <laughs> <laughs> they seem pretty friendly, don't they? They're more responsive to me than my kids, to be honest. <laughs>
0: So, um you uh, obviously in the North North well, I was gonna say Northwest of Canada you're not in the Northwest of Canada are you strictly how far up are you near the not near Alaska that's no too far up,
3: no is it? we are only Just about a bit up from like America. um what my house is about two hours north of the U.S Canada border so we're officially in like the Pacific Northwest Vancouver okay. is in like the um um uh Pacific Northwest refers to usually like the Northwest of the United States, but we're also okay, kind of that sure. same area. Um, but of course, we're the southwestern Canada.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, on your pod, you often ask uh, your guests about, you know, visas and uh, ability of, you know, if people wanted to move to a particular country. So how did that work for you as a Brit moving to Well, I mean, mainly Canada, as you're there now, but also, like you mentioned, you were in Thailand for quite a while and and places like that.
3: Yeah, Um, I've really been fairly. um, Gosh, I can't even think of the word right now. Uh, Itchy feet. Yes, I've had itchy feet like all my life. So, so you know, I've I've been lucky enough to have these opportunities to go and live in other countries, Um, and, and you know, the way I've been able to do that has been different. So when I was mainly living in Southeast Asia, I mentioned that I was tour leading in Thailand. So I got a job with Intrepid Travel. Um, That was basically how I was able to do that. And that was an amazing experience. And then I also did that in France and in Morocco as well. So again, for work. And then uh, I also later on got into the international education scene as well. So that meant um, I'm a teacher. That's what what I did my tertiary education in. And of course, I was employed by schools. So they were able to give me um, visas to work. And Mm -hmm. when I moved to Canada, it was a slightly different situation. I applied as uh, being a a common law partner, a spouse of a Canadian citizen. And uh, ah,
2: okay.
3: and the reason why we wanted to move to Canada at, at that point was we really dug deep about where we wanted to go next. I couldn't stay in Thailand anymore because I didn't have a visa because I was no longer working for my school. I could have stayed and that was one of the options that we were considering and we decided on Canada for a few reasons. Uh, firstly, it's pretty easy to do business in Canada compared to France, which was another place that we were thinking about and, and Thailand as well. There are a lot of restrictions on non-Thais having travel companies. And um, okay. um, and Seb's parents live in this area as well. And actually live. we live in the same building as my partner's parents, oh. which is actually really, really nice. People often ask, you know, how, how's that go? But I'm happy to report yeah. that it's it's very nice indeed. <laughs> and uh, Canada is a really nice place to be after many years in tropical countries. We have poor seasons. We've got mountains. We've got the water. We've got everything. And I'm always very interested when I speak to our guests about, you know, if they've moved to a place, I'm always very curious because, you know. I don't think Canada is going to be a forever home for us. I think that um, once our cat Pinky is no longer with us, um, she's she's already quite old. uh, We'll we'll start exploring living in spending time in other places around the world as well once I've got my Canadian citizenship and that's that's a process but um but uh yeah Mm. so I'm always so curious to know what what how people have ended up where they are and and how Mm. can they how can they do it like legally and everything
1: because um when obviously we moved from Northampton to where we are now near Manchester Ah. and
0: it's not quite the same the... as going from Thailand to Canada.
1: No, it's not. I know that I'm fully aware <laughs> of difference. Is...
0: There is quite a, a language difference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I remember reading somewhere about there's a reason we've got feet. It's because we, oh, we, we should like be traveling that. today. We're we, we we designed to go places. Mm. You know, we we you know we did that hundreds, yeah. thousands of years ago. We used to migrate to different places and yeah. I'm I'm all i over that. If you if you if you wanna wanna gonna gonna move, just do it.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's fun. I'm I'm really grateful for the experiences that I've had living in different places, and it really has shaped how I see and interact with the world. I think so. Mm. Yeah. It, it's it's been very nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Something um, I've been looking into recently, but having lost our EU access it's uh, it's a lot harder to um up sticks than uh, than it was uh, a few years ago unfortunately but yeah there we it's
3: are. yeah i i have british citizenship so i personally was very disappointed when that happened but uh i'm happy to tell you that it doesn't mean it's impossible there are still ways ways to do it and mm. not even super hard just uh a little bit little bit you no, not as straightforward as it used to be <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah I agree bit of a bummer in my perspective yeah
0: absolutely okay so um what's your what's your favorite vegan product at the moment
3: mm. you
0: mentioned there's uh there's been a lot in uh, Canada recently a lot of new stuff uh brought out what's uh
3: yeah yeah um hmm, I'm just trying to think of something that would uh, that other your other listeners wouldn't know about or be able to try Eek. So... Um, we've, had, we've,
1: even had, we've even had the humble chickpea. Um,
3: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Chickpea's amazing, amazing. <laughs> it doesn't even have to
0: be food. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I will say that I'm a big fan of the Just Egg products. Uh, I don't know whether you, you could get them in the UK yet, or you probably have something similar by now, but the Just Egg folded egg and the... Um, the liquid egg, I really, really like. And it's really interesting, because this product has really, like, it's inspired a lot of other companies to do something similar. So for example, at the moment, I'm working on a Thailand trip that will be going on in a couple of weeks. And I I asked one of my friends there. Is there any Just Egg equivalent uh, that's a Thai product? And she's like, yep, yep, there is, there is. And I'm like, brilliant. So we'll oh. be able to like have like vegan egg fried rice and and these kinds of things for, for our travelers. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. So yeah, that's a product that I'm pretty excited wow. about. What's
0: what's folded egg? Is that a silly question? Yeah,
3: it, no, it's not a silly question. I think it's only something that is used a lot in North America. So um, you know, like the like the egg McMuffin thing, like I think in McDonald's you get them. Well, yeah. that's quite a popular thing in North America to have some sort of like English muffin, as they call it, and like a some sort of sausage patty with with like a like a, a, a some sort of egg in there. And the just mm. egg folded egg is basically like an omelette that has mm. been folded wow. so that you can very conveniently put it in your um, in your breakfast sandwich. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: I like the sound of that.
3: Yeah, you that can just pop good. it in the toaster or put it in the air fryer or fry it up or something. It It's like super quick and easy.
0: Love it. Oh, I'm going to look out for that, hopefully, there. <laughs> I've not even there tried any, any egg replacements yet. I've not tried anything like that. We, oh. we tried one a couple of years ago and it was supposed to be like, yeah, you can just whip it up and it's like scrambled egg. But it was just like, stop. It was horrible. Oh, <laughs> and damn. it tastes, it didn't even taste you know, some things have the consistency and some things have the taste. It had neither right it didn't taste it didn't taste like egg and it didn't look like egg so it was just like what the (laughs) hell is this
3: stuff yeah seek out the (laughs) just egg if you if you can like it might not be in the supermarkets in the UK but maybe in a specialty store it's a frozen product so I guess that makes it less available but uh yeah Mm. yeah it's 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 a it's a fun product and uh Europe has been doing so many amazing products recently as well um we go to Europe frequently for our trips and uh and um it's incredible just what is out there these days and uh amazing cheeses like our travelers on our recent french countryside trip were just blown away by the incredible vegan french cheeses that are available in france now it's super fun amazing
1: that's amazing (laughs) so what advice would you give to someone that was that came to you and wanted to go vegan
3: um, I would probably ask questions before giving any advice. <laughs> Personally, I think it would be really interesting to sort of ask them, you know, like, how do they eat now? And uh, what are their motivations? And, uh, and, um, you know, what's your lifestyle currently looking like? How, how do you cook at the moment? Like, what, what are your friends like? Mm-hmm. I'd really sort of try and dig deep a little bit and maybe get a sense of to whether they would want to, you know, go vegan 100% overnight or whether they might like some, might like to do it a little bit more slowly. quite a while ago now I it's still available on Amazon but you know no one's buying it anymore but um, I had like this little book on Amazon called 12 months till vegan and it was very much like a sort of a guide to going vegan over 12 months you know and and doing trying different things every month Um, and it it was a fun little project and You know, I think maybe someone could take that idea and run with it a little bit uh, and do something with it, because I think there is something to be said for uh, people that do like challenges, but maybe they want to do things a little bit more slowly. Um, I really uh, another thing that I haven't looked at it for a long time, but another program that I really recommend to people is the Challenge 22 program. Uh, Are either of you familiar with that?
0: None heard I've of heard that. of it. I've not really looked into it, though, to be honest.
3: Yeah. So Tell it's a little bit that. like it's a little bit like the Gannery. I think it's Israeli really owned. And the reason why I, I know about it is I was a mentor on the um, on the program for several cycles. And basically, it's like a one month vegan challenge. Uh, and it's all done through a Facebook group. You know, I haven't done this for several years now. And Facebook is sort of fallen out of favor. So maybe they do it a different mm-hmm. way. I'm not quite sure. But something that made it rather special was the fact that on these Facebook groups, there were mentors, um, you know, experienced vegans that were, you know, supportive and good communicators that would really try to um, support the mentees that were going through this process. So, you know, and really encourage them to participate in the community and offer really supportive advice and, you know, just be cheerleaders for them and things like that. So, I would recommend a program like that if you need a little bit of support and they even um, assigned you, assigned mentees like a mentor to have like personal calls and conversations with as well to to help yeah. them. And I was really amazed by just how incredible that program was in terms of the level of support, the fact that it was all free and super well-organized and, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that would be a great program that I'd recommend too. Uh, that
0: was Challenge 22 yes okay all right interesting okay i'm going to look into some of that some more because uh, i've heard that i've I've seen that written a couple of times but i've never like i said i never looked into it
3: yeah it might be a bit different these days but uh, certainly four years ago it was it was on facebook and and it had that level of support it still exists that i know for sure um yeah okay okay cool
0: uh, all right. So you mentioned uh, Colleen Patrick Goudreau, um, but who's your vegan inspiration?
3: Hmm, that's a great question. Um, definitely, she was my inspiration to go vegan, and of course, you know, she's an amazing communicator, and she's got lots of things to say about topics that maybe we don't always think about. So, of course, I do appreciate her. Um I also re- really appreciate like my uh, they're not super famous people really they're just friends that I had in Thailand um before I left Thailand to come here I I'm very excited I'm going to be able to catch up with some of them when I'm there in a, in a few weeks and uh we just had this really lovely vegan community together and um we did some amazing crazy not dangerous but certainly <laughs> risky things in the name of activism when we were in Thailand um, and they they were just really inspiring and and many of a couple of them you know being people of color and and, and things like that they really opened my eyes to a lot of issues you know that are problematic in the in the, in the vegan movement and just life generally everywhere in society and uh you know through through those conversations I learned a lot I think and um they continue to have an impression on me now so yeah shout out to my amazing Thai vegan friends in Thailand many of them Thai some of them not Thai and they were just great <laughs> but oh, they're still great <laughs> um, You've
0: you've um you've piqued my interest now what were the um not very safe things that you did
2: Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the what goes
0: on tour stays on tour. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I th- I think I can talk about it now. So um... as the statute
0: of limitations passed, now you're fine.
3: <laughs> yes. yeah Well, uh, hopefully I won't be flagged when I when I enter Thailand. But um, <laughs> we were doing a lot of street activism um, there, which is you know um, anonymous for the voiceless. At that time, I, I don't particularly. A, like anonymous, appreciate an anonymous for the voice and voiceless these days, um, but at the time, you know, it was very cool, and I really enjoyed what we were doing, and um, we were sh- basically showing footage in the streets and and talking with people. So that was pretty low key, but you know, you were supposed to have like a a, a permit to do that, and very we didn't often have that, and you know, we we were you know sort of going a little bit um, under the radar there. So that, you know, that wasn't that big a deal. Uh, potentially, I guess we could have got in trouble, but I'm sure it wouldn't have been that serious. But there were a couple of times we started doing a lot of like um, bearing witness in slaughterhouses. And um, and uh, that uh, there was, so there was one time, ta- a few times that we did it just outside slaughterhouses in the way that uh, i'm sure you and your listeners have seen you know trying if if it's possible to give some water and to document it and of course that was extremely extremely upsetting Mm. and um there were one time um where because there's different levels of slaughterhouses in thailand uh in that there'll be like the big sort of the the official one which the, the big ones where you know probably the products the animals dead animals that come outside of those slaughterhouses are sent to the UK because just so happens the UK happens to import a lot of Thai chicken um, and of course the security around those kinds of places are very very high there's no way that you would ever get in but there are also some sort of smaller slaughterhouses as well which i guess produce food pork whatever for like markets and things like that and there were were times where we were actually able to go inside and to document um the whole process and uh um, they didn't have security, so we just walked in and 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 <laughs> and we we were able to see, and of course, I'm sure the the people that um worked there, and you know, it turns out that they are just like in our countries, they are people that um don't have a lot of other choice to do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. They are immigrants from neighboring countries like Burma and uh Laos, places where they don't have many opportunities in their own country, so they're doing this work. And uh, we saw some things there that was incredibly (laughs) traumatic and upsetting and things that I never even knew about. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure these things are all widely happening in the other slaughterhouses, but yeah, there were some things that were just, uh, I mean, I'm happy to share them, but it's it's pretty awful.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Wow. So have you got a favourite... I mean, let me rephrase that. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: usually we ask this and it's like a local, a local venue, a local restaurant. But mm-hmm. you've kind of been in a lot of places all over the place. <laughs> so, so what's your favorite vegan restaurant or
0: venue or location or whatever? Mm. Mm-hmm. We'll take a top five or, or something. If you okay, if I'll, I'll throw a few. <laughs> yes,
3: it's, it's, it's I'll just throw a few at you that are my, my favourites. Okay, so um, I have to give a shout out to um my friends and the amazing hotels that we visit on our Italy trips. Mm-hmm. Um, La Vimia in northern Italy. Uh, they are an all vegan hotel that we spend three nights at on our Northern Italy trip and the Luca, the chef there is incredible so you basically have like a five um, five course amazing dining experience there um, and their breakfast buffet is incredible, I invite you to go and have a look on their social media and, and just have a little bit of a look. And the location is really, really fun because you're sort of in the Dolomites a bit. So there's real great opportunity to, you know, go into the Dolomites, the mountains and and enjoy the wonders that uh, that part of the world has to offer. And uh, interestingly, Valeria, who owns Lavimia, her daughter and son-in-law also own the completely vegan Agravilli Epini, which is in Tuscany. And that is another 100% vegan um, hotel. It's more like a villa and their food is amazing. So it's like Tuscan, Tuscan versions of, of vegan food. So they're incredible. Uh, here in Vancouver, gosh, so many amazing ones. I think I just interviewed Jason Anthony, the owner of these, this chain of restaurants. They're called Meat. Meet on Main Street. Meet in Gastown. Meet in Yale Town. Um, there's one on Vancouver Island, and these places are just kind of like casual dining, amazing. Uh, vegan, oh, obviously it's all vegan. It's 100% vegan, and they have incredible burgers. Uh, they have a different special every week, and the food is just amazing. And they've got some healthy options too for those that want to do that. They have happy hour, and it's it's just an amazing restaurant. Um, Gosh, let me think of another one. Bangkok is a food scene that I know pretty well. Uh, Vistro comes to mind because at the moment I'm just working with them to create like a one night in Bangkok for our themed night for our travellers. Vistro is a wonderful restaurant in Bangkok. It's a little bit nicer and what can I say about that? It kind of has lots of like yamcha and and sort of sharing plates. They have these amazing Tokyo tacos and this amazing mu ping, which is the equivalent to minced uh, to pork that would be. So it's like a vegan substitute, and that's very common street food. Well, that where it's like um, grilled and it's usually served with sticky rice and som tam, which is a papaya salad, and they have a vegan version there. And lastly, I would love to recommend uh, Potager du Marais, which is a vegan restaurant in Paris. There are lots and lots of vegan restaurants in Paris now, which is far cry from 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, But one thing that I think makes this restaurant particularly special and interesting, even though it's been around for many years now, is the fact that they have vegan versions of French dishes. And honestly, there are not many restaurants in vegan restaurants in France that are providing that are making vegan versions. So you can have like berf bourguignon. Obviously, it's made with seitan. You can have French onion soup, you can have creme brulee, uh goat's cheese salad, and, and all of that. So I always like to recommend uh people go and check that out. Is that enough for you?
0: That's awesome. Yeah, good grief. Yeah, I'm starving, <laughs> I'm gonna have my dinner.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much. That's really good. That's um that's gonna be a lot of looking at um. Instagram uh, accounts uh, full of food. So yeah, that's it's going to make us hungry doing that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> now, um, our final question, unbelievably, because that's that's flown by. But one of the things that we and a lot of our guests have felt is the um, the feeling of vistopia, uh, the anguish of uh, being vegan in a non-vegan world, and. Um, I was wondering, uh, what's your, what's your take on it? Do you have any hope for the future?
3: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very familiar with Claire Mann's work. She coined that term dystopia. And uh, certainly when I was doing all of that pretty full on stuff in Thailand, uh, I I definitely suffered from that a lot. And uh, since I've taken a bit of a step back from doing that kind of work, um you know it's it's tricky because i'm not exposed to those kinds of things right. all of the time but for the sake of my mental health uh, and the other stresses that i had going on in my life uh it was uh in during the pandemic uh you know it was necessary for me to sort of take a step back from all of that in terms of hope um I I do have hope it sort of fluctuates from time to time honestly I I do think we're going to get there in the in the end uh I feel very confident of that but uh you know my the the time frame that I feel does fluctuate uh from time to time I I do have a lot of hope um I'm really excited about um like the clean meat the cell based meat the the that that kind of thing i know it can be a bit of a controversial topic but i am um I, I do think that is exciting i think we need to get like vegan alternatives a bit cheaper there's been a lot of talk recently about how beyond meat for example has has having to lay off staff because they not selling as much and i think one of the reasons for that is the price is still a little bit too high even though it's come down and i i know it just takes time. We're all mm. impatient. We want to reach the end goal quickly. Um, but uh yeah, it's I don't know if that is very optimistic, but I, I do have help hope. Uh, but it's 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 gonna take time and it's measured, it's, it's measured taking hope. it's taking a long time, of course. Yes, mm.
0: yeah, it's very frustrating. Everything's stacked against us though, isn't it? You know, you know, you said about yeah. beyond meat being more expensive, but that's because they don't get um any tax money do they to uh produce what they produce
3: yeah
0: you know it's not yeah. it's not a level playing field so it's Aww. um it's really frustrating yeah but there we go <laughs> okay awesome well thank you so much bridie that's been fantastic really interesting and um, yeah. hopefully some of our listeners will uh, will be uh, joining you on future trips
3: Sure. Well, it was an absolute pleasure getting to know you both and, and talking with you. Uh. Um, yeah, I can't wait to have you on my podcast.
1: How good would it be to travel the world and see more vegans? That's amazing.
0: Mm. How good would it be to speak to our vegan listener in Vanuatu and see what oh, nice. is going on out there?
1: Oh, nice. That would be good, wouldn't it?
0: Our listener Absolutely. in Vanuatu, if
1: you want to come on as a guest... That'd be incredible.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure what the time difference is, but <laughs> we'll make it work. I'd, I'd oh, well, yeah, I'd just yeah. to speak to someone in somewhere like that, and um, uh, yeah, and find out what what life is like there, like vegan yeah. life is like there. Yeah, It'd be absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah. Life in general and
0: life as a vegan. Mm. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That's it. Yeah, so. Actually, anyone anyone from anywhere, we want to know what like what your life is like. As as that is literally the point of the podcast. So that's yeah. the whole point of the pod. Tell us what your life is like as a vegan. Yeah. Please.
1: But no, that was a really so, good episode. And um it, it it made me it's something opened my eyes a little bit. Um, something I didn't realise that Thai chickens are exported to the UK. Who'd have thought it?
0: That can't be a happy. I well, assume they're the it? ones with
1: the red track, red, red tractor, best of British label on, yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. Because I tell you one thing: that if it's um, produced from one thing into another, so if they take the carcass and they produce it into a burger, they're allowed to put produced in the UK. Yeah, because the final bit of it has been produced in the UK. So you would, th- you might think. I don't know why. Um, I don't know if this is panda internationalists, this is the UKIP effect or something, but people would only buy British produce. They might be buying it out because they're so incredibly racist that they couldn't bear the thought of eating something from another country. And <laughs> yeah, that's absolute bollocks. So yeah. um, serves so, them right. So and
1: also it also shows um, how 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 hoodwinked everybody is about yes. the process of what they're eating. And yeah, we might we we are probably equally as hoodwinked in what we eat, in some circumstances.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But we yeah, don't, but we don't animals, eat dead things. So, you know. That's it. No. So, yeah. I read, Suck it. I read an interesting thing today on Plant-Based News. Plant-Based News did a post today. I think it was today. That I saw on Instagram. I assume it would be today. But um, it was about avocados, the argument over avocados. And oh. It's around the same principle that of the thing, like when carnists say that um, by eating plants, we're killing more animals because of the pests and stuff. Pests and inverted cones. But the fact is that most bees are transported to the areas where they grow avocados to still pollinate other plants that other, that everybody oh. eats, not just avocados. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's I, good. No, that's what I thought. That's why I'm right. That's why I'm bringing it up because mm. yes, they are transporting bees. And yes, that is ethically wrong, but.
0: But it's not just, bee, that, not, not just the, avocados. The, the
1: is, no, it's not just avocados. It's, it's for plant production as a whole. But yes. if you come back to the vegan ethos of you do as much as practically possible, practically yes. possible, mm-hmm. then you're doing you're doing everything you can, but you're also not eating dead things.
0: <laughs> no, that's it. At the end of the day, it's not perfect, but we don't eat dead things.
1: No. So
3: it's
1: no. so so, yeah. that same argument about about plane travel. You know, the amount yes. it costs to go on a plane is like such a time. Percentage to what is what the carbon footprint of eating a burger is. It's like it's it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. But there we go. We can't, we can only, we can only do what we can do. We can only plant the vegan
0: seeds where we can. Exactly. We're doing our best. Yes. And that's so yeah,
1: that was a fun episode. I enjoyed that.
0: That was good. Absolutely. Good one. A good one. So um, yeah, look out for. Uh, Bridie's, um travel agency, yeah, and um yeah, if you can afford extremely yeah. expensive travel, <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, but if you can, go for it. But yeah, but um, I won't uh, be I, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not in that boat. <laughs> I
0: I did look at some of the prices, and it is expensive, but it's not like more expensive than the same sort of thing that you would get elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? It's not right. Okay, you're not paying a premium over and above what you would get on a similar trip that wasn't vegan it's just very okay. expensive trips
1: they're expensive However anyway you,
0: whatever you do yeah so it's not oh, right. okay. um uh expensive because it's vegan um it's expensive it's uh correctly priced for for what for what you get so okay. yeah check it out check it out Definitely. anyway yeah thanks a lot for listening hope you've enjoyed that found it interesting and um, we will what will we do. We'll speak to you next time, probably. We will.
1: Um if you want to get in touch with us, find us on all our social medias. Uh, mm. send us a message, tell us how great we are. Don't mm. tell us how crap we are, because we know we already know that.
3: We already and, know um, that, yeah.
1: <laughs> if you want to come on, <laughs> tell us. Say I want to come on because I, I want to tell, tell. I want to talk. I want to talk to you guys because you're great. <laughs>